Do you ever get the feeling that everyone is angry all the time? That our sense of community is just breaking down? Because, you know, I look around and what I see are people divided, drawing lines, taking sides, not listening to one another. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry, your host, for the story behind her success. Recently, a very dear friend of mine passed away. His name was Rick Keithy, and he was a devoted husband, a son, a brother, an uncle, and a friend. Rick came into my life when I was just getting started as a jingle singer and a voiceover artist, before I even got into radio. Now, he and his friend, Glenn Scott Lacey, owned a recording studio called Air Sound. It was right in the shadow of Berklee College of Music, and I recorded my very first vocal demo there. We just clicked, all of us. He was kindness personified. And when I tell you that he was a brilliant pianist and a composer, words just are not enough. You've got to look him up. You can buy his music on Amazon. His name is spelled K-U-E-T-H-E, Rick Keithy. So take a listen to his music, and that way you'll understand the depth of my friend Rick. He was an old soul. Anyway, he wrote the song that you are about to hear years ago with Glenn in Los Angeles on 9-11. And the words and the message seem like the perfect prescription for our world today. Wherever you are, just stop for a second and take a listen. This is Love Now. Timeless words of love right on time today A message revealing the heart's deepest feeling If we can love That's Love Now by my dear friend Rick Keithy, one of the most talented pianists and composers, from his CD, My New England Town, co-written by Glenn Scott Lacey. Now, on to the show. The woman you are about to meet is living the kind of life that Rick talked about in his beautiful song. She bakes cookies, and she fills them with love. She calls herself Ginger Betty, and she's an entrepreneur. She's the owner of the Quincy, Massachusetts Bakery of the same name. She's also the author of two sweet children's books. 
Although Beth's story is rooted in baking gingerbread cookies under the watchful eye of her big sister with a magic frosting recipe from her Nana, it is also about making your dreams come true and never, ever giving up. She's a major supporter of our troops and their families at home and abroad. And as the proud mother of a Special Forces soldier, I am grateful for that devotion. The day I interviewed Ginger Betty, she brought me a gigantic gingerbread cookie, which she decorated and called cookie candy. I've been treated to her cookies before, and they really are delicious. But the sacred and secret ingredient is always love. Her name is Beth Venito, and this is her story. Ginger Betty. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Oh my, my gosh, friend. What a special treat to be here today, Candy. Well, you came. What did you call the cookie that has my name on it? Oh my goodness. So it's a ginger cookie candy. Oh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Making gingerbread cookies goes way back to when you were a little girl. Can you tell listeners that story? I was probably around eight or nine years old. I'm number seven of eight children. And my sister Karen was a pastry chef. She would be making these amazing treats and the cakes and the cookies. And every time you came in the house, there was the smell. The smell. Especially at Christmas time, that's when the gingerbread came out. What seven or eight or nine-year-old doesn't want to decorate a cookie or a gingerbread house? I went to school. I was making it for Mr. Donuts. I was making it for the country club down the street for a few extra bucks and it really has your whole life yeah my whole life and still till today right now Beth I think it's more than the smell of the cookies in the oven it's how they make you feel oh my gosh all right so don't make me cry but I just think every little kid it's trying to just capture the magic if you will the magic of Christmas and to a little kid It's just not just the presents under the tree, but the traditions in baking cookies. And so many people do. And I wanted to be able to share that with the world. And I say, you know, Ginger Betty's sprinkling some ginger joy to the world. And it really has become such a sweet and special tradition. I've had customers that used to come to my house and buy the the (laughs) gingerbread and stuff like that. So it's just such a magical time. People are a little nicer to each other. And in the spirit of Christmas and giving, what's not to love? You opened Ginger Betty's Bakery in 1995 on a little side street in the town of Quincy, which is south of Boston. We have listeners all around the world. The motto has always been sharing cookies, making friends. Take us back to the early days of your business. OMG. Everybody looked at me really like I was just crazy. When I moved back from college, I went to school in New York, and I came back. I took hotel and restaurant management, and then I got into a program called the Quincy 2000, where if you had an idea for a business, they would help you, or an existing business. I had all these sketches on napkins, and I just remember my mother, she's the pusher. I call her a steamroller, but she said, for crying out loud, will you go down there and find out about what's happening? And because I shared the idea with her, and I said, how cool would it be to start up a small business and share the magic of Christmas all year long? So on a side street, as you mentioned, people were like, how are you going to sell Christmas cookies on a side street? Well, here I am 26 years later. In the beginning of the business, it was just, "Mm, okay, so I'm making gingerbread, but how can we make them, you know, gingerbread brides, grooms for weddings, corporate 
So it took a while for it to catch on. But I'll tell you, the kid in the kid at heart, it evokes a special time. And so we actually started adding more product line. We have macaroons. We have brownies. In those early days, though, Beth, it's not easy to be a small businesswoman. It's not easy to be an entrepreneur. What kept you going? What kept me going? It, honest and truly, it's just, it's the passion. It's the heart. So many people over the years said, Betty, it's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I could never. This is all about heart. This is about passion. It's about giving back. You know, you mentioned G.I. Ginger Betty and giving cookies to the soldiers. People remember that. Mm. And then they come back. It's very contagious. And it, it allows me, Candy, to live in a fantasy world. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, whatever, gumdrops and gingerbread. I'm like, try it. It's kind of <laughs> it's fun. It's not bad. <laughs> What's the key to being a successful entrepreneur? For me, I just think authenticity. Always keep your child self with you at all times, for sure. Keeping that child, like, but authenticity and showing people the real you is super important. Let's talk a little bit about Ginger Betty Top Sellers. And by the way, you guys, you can see them for yourselves anywhere in the world. Just go to gingerbetties.com. Top sellers. Ginger Snaps, number one, for sure. That's our signature cookie. And we do that in all different shapes and sizes. And then our macaroons. People love our macaroons. We dip them in chocolate. We top them with M&Ms. But also the cookie kits. Because what happens with the cookie kits is now you bring it home for your child and, you know, it's an activity too. But then it gets the whole family involved. So our gingerbread house kits, even for last year with COVID and stuff, the do-it-yourself, it brought families back together. It just brought tradition. And they have so much fun. People send in their photos all the time, and it's amazing. How did Ginger Betty's Bakery make it through the pandemic? The first day, I think people were running over saying, I'm going to go collect unemployment or I have to do this and be with my kids. I said, okay, okay, no problem. So we're all going to get through this. We're going to figure this out. The second day I said, absolutely not. No way. I need to keep baking. Number one, this is my job. This is my livelihood. But number two, and most importantly, we have to create smiles. Everything just turned upside down. There were so many tough stories. And I just looked at my girl who I love who I have hanging in my store, Rosie the Riveter. And I said, let's bring it. I said, we are going to do Betty the Baker. I called up my design girl and I said, okay, put that bandana on her, on Ginger Betty. So we have Betty the Baker and we have stickers and it's so amazing. So we immediately turned to sending cookies to all of our frontline workers and then people jumped on. We did a GoFundMe page and you know what? Everybody just came out to help and I told my girls, listen, we have one thing we need to do for sure is keep positive and keep moving forward. Relationships are everything and you're talking about that right now in every business. Your slugline, sharing cookies, making friends. As an entrepreneur, how have you nurtured relationships throughout your career? I think again and I come back to authenticity and this business was built on all relationships. On family, it's been built on a lot of friends. Sharing cookies, making friends, everybody will come out of the woodwork for Ginger Betty's, and they come back every year. I have women from all over. It's important to showcase the women, and I call them Ginger Betty babes and boys, that really help out. I think sometimes, you know, we kind of go away from each other and stuff, but we always come back and we have that sweet connection, 
you nurture them through like just kindness cookie kindness and love your dedication to the military and again thank you so much on behalf of my family for everything you do there are so many causes though that you can choose from what drew you to doing something for our troops okay so i think it must have been 2007 i was getting on a plane to go for a long weekend and i was sitting next to this handsome soldier and i looked around the plane And there were like 20 of them, and they must have been like in their 20s, 25, 26. I think I bought them a couple of drinks, and I said, thank you so much for your service. But it really put a face with who's fighting for our freedom, and I think it's just so important. So, yeah, I met him. I got his phone number, his address, and I said, I'm going to send these to your wife and your daughter. And he was so nervous that he didn't think the daughter would remember him. I got that picture, popped it in the mail, cookies, and it's just how can you not? I don't know. G.I. Ginger Betty, that came to me right away. And that's my mission to help support our military. And we have our Operation Sweet Salute for all they do to keep us safe, to keep us free. And I've heard funny stories and they all come back and they write letters and they're like, Ginger Betty, I saw the boxes coming. So I'm trying to ration those. And then they share them with with their (laughs) friends. I remember my son, Chris, telling me a story of flying home to Boston from boot camp. And somebody stopped him in Logan Airport and handed him a $20 bill and said, go have some lunch on me. And he never forgot that. And I just feel like so often we just don't remember what the Mm -hmm. sacrifice is when you're away from your family, you're away from your wife, you're away from everything you know and everything you love, and you're in scary places all the time. You wrote a children's book. You've written two, but let's start with the first one. You wrote a children's book called Ginger Betty, the Gingerbread Girl. This is where a little girl is feeling lonely in her new house until she discovers that her Nana has left a magic frosting recipe, which includes, quote, a dash of patience, a pinch of fun, and lots of love. Talk to me about that first book. With this company, I just thought it would be so fun And I said, we always read The Gingerbread Boy and The Gingerbread Man, Catch Me As Fast As You Can. And I'm just, I tell you, this is a love story about gingerbread and the magic that it holds. And I just said, it's time for a gingerbread girl. (laughs) And so there she is, Ginger Betty. You've got the new book, which is called A Magical Ginger Betty Christmas. Talk to me about that. Well, A Magical Ginger Betty Christmas, it's all Ginger Betty's friends coming together to build an amazing gingerbread house and they have like it introduces two other characters but it's basically about just working together it's just a lot of fun the kids love reading it then they decorate the cookies the magic is just in the pages it warms my heart and you my lady are in love with christmas you love christmas (laughs) you love all things christmas I do. In the front page, it says, may you unwrap happy memories this holiday season and feel the magic of Christmas all year long. What is it about baking that brings us together, do you think? It's just the togetherness. It's the togetherness and it's baking up sweet memories. And people always ask me certain questions and I say, I know people, they love baking because it's a science. Cooking, not so much. And I'm thinking, I'm not a baker. I'm not a cook. But again, this is a hobby. It's kind of, it just brings people together. Let's go back to your upbringing, where Mm -hmm. your values were formed. You talked about your mom, whose nickname is Trixie. You're one of seven children. Paint us a picture of what life was like in your house when you were growing up. Controlled chaos? 
crazy. <laughs> yeah, it really was. My mother and father had eight kids in 11 years, so it was crazy. There was always something going on, but I can't even imagine because you see people today having one or two, three kids maybe, but eight kids in one shower. That was the best. I loved one of my brothers would come, rip open the, the bathroom door because we didn't have a lock on it. Okay, your time's up. Head full of soap. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to get him. My mother's like, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a bit of craziness. But, you know, my mother, and I call her the tough cookie, and my father always working like two and three jobs to make sure that we got our education. And that was most important to them. And I don't know how they did it, but we all survived. And it was a, a lot of love, but a lot of real just dedication to getting us through. We all went to St. Mary's and then on to school. And the thing was, it was embedded in us. You're going to college and you're going to pay for it. And I'm thinking... No, oh, that's not really nice. <laughs> and I said, how am I going to break it to Trixie that I really don't want to go to college? And then I was big into sports, so that was my saving grace. So I played uh, volleyball and softball in college, and that helped pay for my tuition. So craziness, chaos, we all got out okay for the most part. <laughs> Who were your role models when you were growing up? Well, I have to say my mother for sure, and I don't think I knew it back then, because she'd say black, I'd say white. And it was kind of, I think, most girls, you know, their upbringing and stuff like that. But I really treasure and value her so much more. She could have just given up and quit. And she took her herself back to school after my parents divorced. I was probably about seven or eight. But she went back to school. She got her driver's license. She did all these things. And I think she's just a superwoman. So she was one of them for sure. Another role model. And we have a, another mutual friend, Yolanda Salucci. I mean, Yolanda is just wonderful. It's these women who they are very authentic, very kind, very giving and sharing. That is just, and I've only met her probably about more five years or so ago. But I look at her and she would, would tell me stories. It's about the women who just want to share. And they open up and they share their, their stories in their struggles and challenges. And so she's another one for me. Where did you get your incredible work ethic? Because from the time I met you about 10 years ago, you are always involved in something. You are always driven by a passion. You are always trying to make things happen. Where does that come from? My father was always working two or three jobs and just to see the struggles and the, the challenges, the tough times, but he never gave up. And he was two or three jobs. Then my mother went back to school. She got a job in the phone company, and they were always working. But my father would always joke and say, Betty, why don't you just do one thing at a time? And I'm like, Dad, I'm like, why is that bothering you? Like, he always used to do so many things. And now, 26 years later, I would love to slow it down a little bit. But when you do something and when you're passionate about it, it's whatever it takes. And that's from deep down. <laughs> Last couple questions I ask everybody who sits where you are. So you're in the hot seat right now. Uh -oh. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I tell one of my, like I tell the girls that work at the store, I said, it's okay to have your A game, you know, you bring your A game, but it's always about the plan B. You better have a backup plan, and it is whatever it takes. So when the obstacle's there, you kind of need to know your audience and, and things like this, but you go around it, 
you jump over it, and again, whatever it takes to get it done. And, and there's plenty of obstacles on a daily basis, but it's all about the plan B. Best piece of advice you've ever received, and can you pass that along to our listeners all around the world and right here in Boston? Oh my goodness, the best advice. Keep going. Never give up. And that was from Trixie. And I just say, she's just a fighter, a scrapper. And that's what I call myself as a scrapper. When I tell that to the girls at the store, a shout out to my girls, Tootsie Roll, Tila, Ginger, Emily. And Now, do you have names for everyone who works for you? Oh, yes. Can I hear them? Yes. Yeah, so I said Tootsie Roll, Taylor, Ginger, Vilma, Cinnamon, Stacy, Frosting, Fallon, Ginger, Alexa, Cinnamon, Sam. So basically, everybody's a sweet ingredient in Ginger Betty's. In my family, some of them are like, all right, is that their real name? No, their mother didn't call them Cinnamon Steve. But it's just really fun. <laughs> Silly. It, <laughs> <laughs> it makes it fun. The tough, challenging times of life and everything, to just be able to enjoy what you do. And as I tell the girls, don't forget your dreams. Dream big, and they just may become a delicious reality. Final question. At this moment and in this chapter in your life, what does success mean to you, Ginger Betty? It's wild how it changes <laughs> from when you're younger. If you're surrounded by good friends and family, to be open to be meeting new friends because you never know. And one person did tell me, just be open to meeting new friends. You don't know. You might not have met your best friend yet. But I think the women that help lift each other up, that success, the authenticity of people or being in that inner circle where you can have a conversation, be friends, share information, and really want the best for somebody and help lift and lighten people's load. It doesn't take a lot to you know, help somebody else or help lift somebody up. My mother said, always bring your manners. It doesn't cost anything. And a smile, of course. <laughs> Ginger Betty, Beth Venito, I want to say thank you so much for being this week's featured guest on The Story Behind Her Success. And thank you for your friendship, which I treasure very much. Thank you so much. It's been a thrill. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you for bringing me gingerbread. <laughs> I hope you like it. <laughs> Thanks, Candy. Cookie candy, that is. And that's the story behind her success for this week. I am always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you have someone in mind, could you let me know? Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y, O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. Give the show a follow on your favorite podcast platform if that's how you're listening. And please tell your friends and your family about the show. Leave a review if you would be so kind. I will have a new inspiring story for you next week. When we share our stories, no matter where we are in this great big world, we provide a roadmap toward success. It's also time to spread some love around, to listen and not to judge, to be kind. Because when we lift each other up, we all rise. <laughs>